0: Welcome to the Fit for Life podcast, the show where we learn a bit more about being happy in the body we have, taking it one day at a time, one step at a time. I'm James, and this is Fit for Life. Welcome to the Fit for Life podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we have a special guest here, Jess, with no special titles as requested by her. She is... The, (laughs) it's so weird with video. This is the first time I'm doing it with video. So it's throwing me off a little bit, but Jess has been kind enough to put herself out here to speak with me today. And we are actually going to talk about a few things. You just rebranded your entire company to Everwild Performance. You're a running coach and I just wanted to have you on the show so I could pick your brain and talk to you about how that is, how you got to that. So tell me a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself, what's going on?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, like, where do we start? Um, <laughs> I have dabbled in a bunch of different modalities when it comes to um, exercise. And so I'm like, hey, we know each other from rock climbing days. That's
0: right. I thought maybe <laughs> I was worried you wouldn't remember that. And I was just not going to say anything.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, good, yeah, cool. rock climbing. Okay. Yep, that was a good chunk of like college days. Um, and amongst running but yeah I so recently rebranded to Everwell Performance just trying to move away from everything being me centric but I coach runners uh, to run and to lift so kind of big push right now is showing how important strength training is to runners Um, yeah it's it's a lot of fun I kind of I have a full-time job outside of coaching and Mm -hmm. then coaching is just kind of like the passion project for now that maybe someday will be full time. But right now, it's just kind of loving on all my current clients and helping them towards really awesome goals. So
0: it's nice to see you stepping into that role. uh, Just watching your growth with your Instagram and taking over and taking ownership of your own body and uh, just pushing yourself in a way that you enjoy. Uh, It's nice to see that development in someone. So uh, I guess where I want to say you chose running uh what what led you to running specifically you mentioned a lot of different modalities so what what was the journey like
1: yeah um that's a great question that i have a long and rambly answer to uh, Ramble, so maybe please. i'll try to keep it concise no no but keep going i so i started running about 11 years ago um i ran track in, in uh, cross country and like middle yeah. school and high school but not something that i was ever really into it was like did it because my friends did and then in my early twenties, um, I had a friend who posted on, on Facebook. I think that was probably the social media of choice 10 years ago. And it was like, Hey, someone talked me into a half marathon. Is there anyone that can do this with me? And I think I'd run like some kind of fun run and like some kind of like foam 5k thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't even know how far a half marathon is, but let's do this. Um, and I did, I like, I jumped right in i t- trained for like three months i formed a we formed a blog for, with our training plan called we run for cupcakes
0: i i, I remember something about cupcakes and running i don't yeah. know where that falls in but yeah
1: we spent probably well let's say three or four years
0: mm-hmm.
1: doing cupcakes at every finish line of every race but yeah that it took about one half marathon that just kind of sparked that obsession and i don't know how well you know runners but when mm-hmm. you're in the thick of like running everyone knows you're a runner. <laughs> and so it just, I mean, I went from like half marathon, three months in half marathon, ran another half a few months later, ran my first full a few months after that. Um, and I was just like running obsessed, running all the time. And it would have been about a year into running and I was running like six days a week, completely over training. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up running a marathon while I had a stress fracture. Uh, I just thought sounds it was like really a runner. Nice, it, okay. Yeah. Yeah thought it was really bad shin splints, you know? Mm Um, and then kind of had a wake up call and I finally went in, um, had a stand down there. Like, yeah, you're, here's a boot.
0: boot." You're boosted. It boosted. Yeah. Yeah, Like no
1: running. Here's Mm -hmm. your boot. I'm sending you to PT. Um, and I, my PT aide, sort of been 2014. He's now my PT. Like we're still great friends. I ended up going to college with his wife, crazy Mm -hmm. small world, but, um, he taught me the basics of strength training That's um, awesome. and that was kind of, that was the introduction. So it was like, okay, I can't just run and expect myself to stay strong and resilient and healthy. There is this piece of overtraining. And it was about that point that I was casually training like my sister mm-hmm. and her boyfriend and like my mom's friend and like just throwing out, like making training plans and like spreading this obsession. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I decided to get certified uh, to be a run coach And that's kind of how it started was just like me posting on Facebook and being like, hey, do I have any friends that I could talk into training for a race so I can practice coding? Um, And it grew from there. I got my personal training certification a year after that, as well to start incorporating strength in there. And so that's just kind of taken off. But that's my running background a little bit. And then kind of how that turned into Everwild and why I created it was just kind of that that love for running and that turned into, Hey, I can actually do this and help others. So,
0: so you definitely went the far opposite end of the spectrum for running. Uh, I, I did track for 12 years and I, I hate running. I, it, it, I don't know if it was just the way I went through the process, but by the end of my time as a track athlete, I was like, I don't, Want to be on a track again? (laughs) It's just I I miss it and love all my time, but I if you ask me to go run even a couple miles of it, nah, I'm good. Enjoy yourself. I love running for what it does, but
1: do you think any piece of that was burnout at all?
0: Oh, absolutely. You
1: know, spending twelve years doing track because yeah. Speaking to that, I I'm trying to like give context of time when I feel like the pandemic has ruined my sense of time. Yeah. Um, 2017 or 2018, whatever a few years ago, how about that? What you wrong? I ran like three or four marathons in a year period of time, which training blocks for a marathon are typically three to four months. Yeah. So it's not the entire year in marathon training. Yeah. So you're talking like 40 to 60 mile weeks, and I completely burnt myself out to the point that like I really, I not want to say destroyed my immune system, but I mm-hmm. ran like the final marathon in that series with bronchitis. With bronchitis and like a hundred degree fever, it was fine, like 102. Um, like popping in the aid tent to ask if they had like a rescue inhaler um, and having the doctor like make me sign a waiver because I'm like, I'm finishing this race. I know I can't breathe, but we're finishing this. And he's like, you're kind of an idiot. <laughs>
0: so, I, you're not athlete and- unless some doctor's Called you an idiot. You were like right, right?
1: Like, oh, this isn't smart. Oh well. Anyway, so that that kind of like I finished that race and I never wanted to run again. And I know most runners, like when they cross the finish line, they're like, screw this, I'm never running again. And then the next day sign up for another race. It wasn't that. Like I was burnt out and I didn't run for months after that. Yeah. And it was one of those like I had to kind of remove my identity. Like I'm a runner. It's like, no, no, I'm many other things, but right now I'm not. I don't want to run. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was the wildest experience, but it's helped me to like relate to other people who've been running for a while and maybe feel burnt out. And then that feel that guilt of like, you know what? I don't love this anymore. Can I identify as something else besides a runner and I'll separate that from my identity? Um, and that has kind of helped shape like my strength training. So now, I mean, my shift, I still run some, but I, I power lift now. I like, I got back into running uh right around the beginning of the pandemic and i ran an ultra for my i ran 30 for my 30th <laughs> birthday um
0: okay.
1: and right. and then the next week i hired a powerlifting coach so that's it's been a year and a half of powerlifting that's um awesome. so yeah i'm just kind of i mean I, I kind of exist and i think you know this I exist in that space of like you can do both you can run and you can lift are you gonna be a lead at both at the same time no um but you can absolutely do both and be good at both. So, yeah.
0: And I think at the end of the day, as long as you're enjoying the process, uh, yes. I call that a win. And you yeah. mentioned your identity gets wrapped up in whatever the sport is you're doing. For 12 years, I was the race car. I, that's still my, my name. And it, I tell people my middle name is race. That's a dumb joke. My last name's <laughs> Carr, by the way. If you're yes, listening and I'm, don't I'm oh, I'm pretty mean.
1: sure you told me this story when we were climbing.
0: <laughs> That's probably I tell everybody. <laughs> so, yeah, totally possible. But it took a long time to separate myself from that. I I don't think I ever felt the same guilt as other people of, like, I hit this point of I'm done and I, I've paid my dues. I don't have anything left to prove. And I walked away Head held high. Um, but then I became a rock climber and it was, you know, heart and soul, hippie, rock climber, dirt bag, like yes. whatever yep. whatever term you want to say, <laughs> I probably fell in that category somewhere. You do adopt this identity that kind of swallows you whole if you're not careful. And like you said, there's this mature or I'm I'm adding to it, there's this maturity of developing like I am me who enjoys. Powerlifting, or who enjoys running, or who enjoys climbing, but it's yeah. not all there is to me.
1: It's not just like I am a runner, I am yeah. a powerlifter. Like, exactly. there's more to you. Yeah. And that's something that I, I mean, I can't say that I finished that marathon, didn't like running anymore, and was just like, and walked away from running, like, oh, I just, I don't identify as a runner anymore. There was, it was such a messy process internally to separate myself out from that when like, Most of my friends are runners. Most of the people I interact with on social media are runners. Mm -hmm. A lot of what I talked about was running and what my next training plan was and what next race so that maybe I could travel to do it. And so to take all that away, like, I just don't love it anymore. And you question yourself, like, what's wrong with me? Like, I've, I've loved this for so long. And this has been so much a part of me. So is that part of you that has to like, Disentangle the self worth piece from there. Like I am, I'm worth more than just being a runner. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, what are some other things that I enjoy? Like who am I without running or without you know climbing or without your that kind of thing? Like it's just messy.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I wanted to shift that a little bit, but sure, go for it. Like I, I want to talk about your powerlifting because one, uh, you were the first female I've had who does powerlifting or any lifting in general. So I want to pick your brain on that and I want to see sure. what that's like for you. So talk, talk to me about it. You've gone through some training. What are your favorite lifts? Uh, <laughs> you share, you share what you're comfortable with Yo, you, know, you max 700 oh. pounds, whatever.
1: <laughs> Do you want, I'm like, we can talk numbers. We can talk whatever yeah, you want. Yeah, yeah, please. Okay. So I will say the biggest piece of powerlifting that's been so rad is how absolutely empowering it is. That, mm-hmm. I mean, and I don't mean that in just some like cheese ball cliche way. I really don't. I obviously found a lot of fulfillment from running and there's empowerment in running, but there is something about loading a barbell and knowing that you're picking up weight. That's your own body weight or more. Yep. It's being able to finally like bench press plates. It's finally being, you know, things like there's these pieces of strength that you're just like, holy shit, I'm strong. This is awesome. And then there's days when you are like, oh, strength is not linear, and this weight that I could touch last week and the week before that, I'm I'm not going to be able to touch today. And then it, you kind of like have to step back and reflect. But powerlifting is, I mean, like I'm sitting here like wax, like waxy. all, like yeah, no, please, strength yeah. on it. But
0: I mean, right I'm place. still
1: I'm still considered a powerlifting newbie. I really am. I mean, I've been lifting for years and transitioned into straight powerlifting. Right, like bench dead and competing i did my first competition last august um and i placed second in my weight class beautiful for my nice. first meet so yeah. that was one really um and then i have another mm-hmm. meet in a month so we'll see the hope is to qualify for nationals okay um we will see how that goes and I'm, i don't Finally, like overconfident. I feel pretty good. Like the lifts have felt really great in the last few weeks. Um, your form
0: looks good by the way, in your Instagram videos. So yeah.
1: <laughs> ah, thank you. It's been a work in progress. Um, I had a great coach for about a year and then mm-hmm. I'm kind of going solo right now into this next meet. So I think that's where like the, the confidence is a little shaky. Cause I'm like, who am I? What am I doing? Uh, but yeah, I, I compete in the 90 kilo weight class. Um, and I, I have my eyes in the next couple of years on breaking some state records, but we shall see. I'm more like, I have really, one of the biggest pieces with this is running. I felt like I had a lot of like outcome-based goals. It's PR the half marathon, run this X pace mile, like it's very outcome-based lifting. I've enjoyed the hell out of the process. I enjoy going into every lift and getting curious and saying like, all right, body, like, how are we feeling? Did we recover? Well, did we sleep? Well, did we eat? Well, Um, where are we at with this? And how is this lift going to go? And that's, that's been the most fun. I think with this is just knowing that I can enjoy the process versus just being focused on like, well, when I get on the platform, how much am I going to be able to lift?
0: So of the three, what's your favorite?
1: depends on the day. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> um, I will say when I started powerlifting deadlift hundred mm-hmm. percent, that, that was all time favorite lifts. Um, and then I have no idea the, the, how or the why, but I started getting some like non-specific lower back pain mm, last summer sometime and it really affected my lifts. And so I actually uh, it would have been earlier than that, like April, April of last year, I ha- I switched from conventional to sumo dead because I there was like, no, I couldn't lift 50% of my max with conventional with back pain. So my coach at the time was like, all right, let's try sumo. And I'm like, this is the weirdest thing in the world, but okay. Um, and I loved it. Uh, and so we kind of, we stuck with sumo and it's been interesting. I I'm comfortable with it now, um, but it definitely shifted like my enjoyment of deadlift when it felt so different and was like, Oh, we're trying this entirely new positioning um, and going from there. So I, yeah, I would still venture to say overall, like deadlifts probably still my favorite lift bench is the most maddening um, just because upper body strength is so slow. And I uh, it's yeah, it's been interesting. I have seen some good progress in the last couple of months. So my, Competition bench last August was 132. Um it would have been like 137 talking pounds not kilos. Yeah. Just throw it out there. Um, no, no, you're <laughs> just throw that okay. out, I'm no big deal. Um, but I had never learned to chalk my back for a bench. And like this bench was kind of like grimy oh, by that point, And okay. I I slipped up the bench on mm-hmm. my like third attempt. Okay. So, did not make it, but that's totally fine. So, yeah, 132 for that meet um and last week um I was benching 132 for triples. So Beautiful. Nice. We shall see come meet day.
0: Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, I guess uh this might be higher level than what I typically intend for uh the podcast as I usually gear towards maybe people who are just starting out. Um Without going too high a level um, with your sumo versus conventional, yeah. do you think any of that had to do with like femur length or uh, limb length, back length, uh, torso length? Do you feel you had any restriction based on your back is under more pressure because you have a longer torso versus uh, femur? I don't know your your measurements, I'm just asking.
1: Yeah. So I think I definitely haven't, like, I'll say it just like in the most basic way, right. So we, we yeah. can, I can go into the weeds about yeah. this for yep, sure. Yep. Uh, we'll keep it pretty basic, but I'm five nine and that amount of height. Sumo definitely gives me the mechanical advantage to start a little bit lower. So my bar path is shorter beyond that. Um, I don't think there was any contribution with that lower back pain. Um, my full-time job is as a dental hygienist and I'm in all kinds of weird positions, cleaning teeth, uh, that and I think the pain had started right in the time that we had moved, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it was just moving tons of boxes over time and then still being like thick into like powerlifting, meat prep. Yeah. If I had just done something to tweak just enough that it took a while to heal, um, I don't know. But I think just just beyond the fact that at a certain height, I think my bar path is shorter with the sumo. Um, I still I do conventional work now, uh, and things are better. I just I have gotten to the point where sumo is just a stronger lift all around than the conventional. Well,
0: my my personal best was sumo back in college. And I've been trying to train conventional, which has been a little outside of what might be great for me because of my height, my uh limb lengths and everything. Yeah. Uh but I want to see how far I can get. Goal being, you know, let's hit three fifteen for my uh six month post surgery. Um, that'll be February. And then I want to see how close I could get to that 400 plus range before I have to switch back to sumo and give in to nature. So, <laughs> okay, so I, I kind go. of want to. I kind of want see, to see what you're made of right now. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's like worst case scenario. I have to hit 315 and reevaluate. But like you mentioned, it's I. I just really dive into the process. I enjoy going out there. Before our meeting, I went and did my workout and I felt more like it was cardio weightlifting because I was a little short on time and I wanted to get every lift in. Yeah. And I loved it. It just music in my ears and go. And there's something about that time that that time for myself that just makes the rest of the world quiet. Absolutely like i I love that, and i I love that other people are getting into it and having this opportunity with the world as as it is to kind of discover that for themselves, whether it's lifting, running, rock climbing, back flipping, I don't know <laughs>
1: but... slack lining
0: slack lining, yeah, okay, did
1: yeah. you slack when we used to climb?
0: Not well, um I rolled my ankle once um, okay, okay. i I think that was <laughs> that was the one time I went, yeah, I'm done, like no i'm I'm okay yeah so i i think i did it once
1: that was i was always like i get to the point where my forearms were so jacked from climbing that i'd go slack and so like we were, like calm down and then i'd go climb again um, but god some of the people that like worked at the gym amaze me when they get on like oh i forget what's his name they'll get on there with this unicycle there's uh, someone with
0: a unicycle.
1: Yes. Do you, were you not around for that? Okay. No, maybe I, not. I was, I was decent at slacklining. I just okay. liked it It was like a fun, like, Oh, I can't yeah. use my arms right now. So let's go try, try my way of balancing here.
0: I wish I had done it more. It was just more of a, um, I was so focused on just rock climbing and like just bouldering. I am here to do this. I'm going to tear myself to pieces. My hands are going to be shredded and I'm going to leave and do it again tomorrow. And like I said, I, w- I was just this kind of hippie dirt bag that didn't slackline. That was the only thing I didn't seem to really do at the gym.
1: All well, right. Hey, so, I mean, you created that for like your lift. You, you know, you had calluses with your climbing yeah, and now, yep. like lifting, you've got a different, calluses in That's different right. places.
0: That's <laughs> right. Yep. I, I try to explain that to people. I was like, I've, I've had calluses my whole life. It's just where is different. So going back to Everwild. So you've taken yeah. what you've learned, you've taken your experience with growing as a runner, growing as a lifter. And you've turned it into working with others, helping promote their growth as well. Uh, Tell me a little bit about that process, how you started it, came up with the idea and stepping into that role as a mentor.
1: Yeah. um, Are you talking kind of the evolution of like how it became Everwild or just my coaching as a whole?
0: I was going to start with your coaching, but I'd love to hear both.
1: You can can choose
0: which one to start with. It's up to you.
1: Yeah. Well, like kind of how I had mentioned like my obsession with running Mm -hmm. as it started out was how I started casually coaching i would say friends and family right that's how it started the obsession with running and talking about it constantly eventually people are like oh do you do train people you're passionate enough about it. it feels like this is something you would do um so i had casually coached probably half a dozen people before i went and got certified as a run coach um and then the evolution of it i really i mean it it stayed a very casual, most of my clients just came from word of mouth. I didn't really, I didn't build a website for a while. I didn't like hugely promote it on social media. Right. It wasn't something that was like, actually like, ah, I got to grow this giant business. It was like, I really freaking love running. And I really want to share that with people. And that's just how it grew. Um, and it's, it's been awesome. I, I mean, that piece and then added in strength training about three and a half, four years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. Into that as well, and it was okay. kind of the same thing where I was like, "Hey guys, like, I have found awesome running success from m- my own strength training. Let's see how that can translate into helping you guys." Um, so that that's kind of the, the in a nutshell evolution of of coaching. I initially had started out so before it was Ever it was Form and Focus, and that was run coaching, and then I used to do wedding photography. Um, and so that was like the name encompassed both and about, uh, 2018 is when I stopped doing running photography and was just fully invested in run coaching and yeah. strength coaching. Um, and that form and focus was a name that just really hasn't fit for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like you had mentioned, our world is new. I mean, we, I completely re- rebranded, mm november of of 2021 was kind of when that whole evolution all the wheels started turning um but yeah we just would transition because i the clients that i i work with and the kind of ethos of everwild i wanted to take away from it being me centric where you know when it's like just me and just helping out people to what what does everwild represent so we look at i mean i uh, kind of our tagline is stay curious, get gritty. And so it's showing up each day and getting curious with yourself. And I kind of mentioned, like I approach every lift with like, Hey body, what are we curious? What Like, I'm curious, like, what are we capable of today? Yeah, And that's something that I found myself repeating to my clients a lot because they go out and they'd they have a specific running workout where they had a range of like, you know, you need to run these intervals at an eight 30 to nine minute pace. And that gives a lot of anxiety. And I'm like, no, Like, don't worry about that. Like go out there and be curious like what you're capable of because I think you're going to surprise yourself and look at that curiosity as, you know, if this didn't go as well as I thought it was going to, what what played a part in that, you know, was did I eat enough? Did I sleep enough? Like looking at all those different biofeedback pieces as well. So looking staying curious and then getting gritty. And that's really again finding out what we're capable of, what our limits are and pushing those, getting outside of the comfort zone and knowing that you know when you're in the final miles of a marathon, you have to get really freaking gritty mm-hmm. to cross that finish line because there's only so much physical where it crosses over and it's more mental than it is physical. So yeah. um that that's ever while just that's why I'm like getting excited. I like, I freaking love the name. It took so much brainstorming to be like, what, what is this for me? And what is this for my clients? And kind of had a brainstorming session with my all of my current clients on like names and what they feel like all of the coaching and the education that I provide, like, where, where was it represented? So the goal eventually is to grow this to a point where there are other performance pieces involved. And I have some mentors that are, I have PT mentors, uh, a mental health therapist, a dietitian, people that I have, that I have like referred out to that are also going to just kind of be a collaborative part of Everwild. So it's been really cool to just anticipate that growth and plan. So,
0: well, one thing that comes off very apparent, not just with the posting that you do online and, uh, even just your presence here, you carry a lot of energy with you and passion that's very visible. Um, If not for a better term, infectious. (laughs) I I I don't know if infectious is such a nice word to use.
1: (laughs) During a pandemic, I know, but like everyone knows what it means all too well. (laughs) Exactly. No,
0: it's it's very apparent that even just talking to you now, or probably being in your presence, there would be that drive to okay, no, let's let's see what we can do. Let's let's take it a step further. Let's be a little bit more than we were yesterday. And whether that means, you know, oh, I put more on the bar or I did an extra rep or, you know, no, I just I, I noticed I need to take a little more time for myself. Like I've seen yeah. these posts come from you of uh, it's like you're not going to be the shit every day. You are going to have to sometimes take a step back, take a breath and acknowledge just, I'm human. I'm a little more broken today and maybe I need to cool it. And then tomorrow I can come back and do it right
1: exactly and that's and that's a big piece of it too I don't want to just be like oh stay curious and like give it your all every single day and it's just this crazy like grind that also means when you stay curious there are days when it's like how how I want to show up the best I can every day and sometimes my best looks like I'm still in my pajamas and I'm getting my workout in or it means you know what I feel accomplished because I got out of bed and I made my bed today. And I mean, it's those pieces. And especially too, where we're like three years into the weirdest freaking period of our lives that that best looks different every day. Um, And it's not about following the training plan, a hundred percent bar everything else going on in your life. It's like, Hey, I got in two of my four runs and, you know, two of my three workouts and that's what I made time for, and that's okay, and it's just knowing how that, that translates, because that's a big piece of, um, you know. and I, I think, F, and I don't know if it's just the audience I surround myself with, or people I surround myself with, but I've seen a big shift towards people being a lot more caring in that realm, whereas a few years ago, it was just like, no days off, grind hard, live to all the time, like, just very, very push, push, push mentality, um, and I've never, I've never been that way. I, I mean, I had a very short period of time that was a little bit like fueled by body dysmorphia um, and kind of, but within like the clients that I've coached first and foremost is compassion. Like that, if there's one piece that I, I choose to lead, it's I care about my people more than I care about their quote unquote, like their performance and like what they're filling out and their training logs. They're a human first and then we look at everything else. So
0: body dysmorphia is difficult for a lot of people. Uh, it's something that I've struggled with. Uh, it's always interesting to hear other people's process through either uh, getting through it or acknowledging that it's like sometimes I I'm looking at a funhouse mirror that doesn't give me the truth about what my body is, and or in my case is like I'm constantly living in the shadow of what I was as a 20 year old or a 25 year old. I can't realistically at this point in my life do what I did. And it's not fair to hold myself to an an unhealthy standard. Like, can you tell me a little bit about what that meant for you, how that looked and where you're at in the, in the healing or the process?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think first and foremost, I'll say it is, it's a process and it's never like I battled this body of dysmorphia and I won and it's I over. I slayed
0: that dragon, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, moving on. Uh, it, it's more, how do I handle those thought patterns? How do I start paying better attention when I see this, this spiral happen? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i trying to think of a way to to explain kind of the, the process and the journey and what it's been. I mean, it's it's highs and lows. Running, I mean, you were in the running world. The smaller you are, the better, right? I mean, that's that's the mentality for the longest time is like, You you don't look like a runner unless you're thin and lean. And obviously, this is going to be audio. I am not a small person, and and I don't say that like oh I'm I'm large or whatever. But I don't fit the stereotypical runner look. And I let that when I first started coaching, I had to lead with the passion and the caring about people. And not try to stress about like, I don't, I don't look like a run coach. Like how, I also someone to come to me if I've like, I don't run six minutes per mile for a marathon and I don't quote unquote look like a runner and battled that hard for a long time. And I, I really did my best not to like, as obviously like putting out content, like blogs and social media posts and things like that is I never wanted to lead with that, but it was definitely a struggle. And it's still one of those pieces where I'm like, you know, I don't look like them, but Here's what I do have. I have this, like, you know, years of experience. I care a hell of a lot and I have a lot of knowledge that I can share with people. And I don't think my average mile pace is going to help this person run better. Um, But on the, like, and I'm trying to think of even how to explain, like, the body body dysmorphia process. Um, I think one of the biggest phrases, and I forgive me for not remembering where I heard this, but it was that your body is not the problem. It is your thoughts about your body, and so it's not. You look in the mirror, and I'm like, "God, I don't like. I don't have a six pack." And does that make me any less worthy? No. But you look in the mirror, and you're like, "Oh my God! Like, there's fat rolls there. Like, what in the world?" And I have to. I I got. You have to take a step back, and you have to like recognize those act those thoughts that are actively happening. And you can't reprimand yourself, right? Like, that's not going to work. It's just like, wait a second. Well why where is this coming from do I think that if I have a six-pack I'm going to be happier or be more fulfilled or live a better life this is going to like help me enter this like magical kingdom of like happiness and fulfillment and like the uh like the perfect body no and so it was finally realizing like I'm not gonna love my body necessarily and that's something too that I think is really frustrating that like body positivity movement is like there's a lot of, there's things I lo- like like about myself there are things I love about myself but I'm not gonna look in the mirror and be like I love every part of me and it's so great no th- there's not and that's okay but you have to be willing to accept that it is your body and it's a hell of a lot stronger and more resilient than you give it credit for and if you're going to debase it enough to be like well you're just not worthy because there's adipose tissue on your body
0: I think you're nailing it on the head because there is there's this degree of, I love my body as it is. I I love what it does for me. I love that I have it. I love that I get to explore it and figure out how to make it work better, more efficiently, be healthy in, in the skin I have. But I also love it enough to acknowledge I have unhealthy habits to work on. I have this that I need to do. I love it enough that I want the best for it and I'm going to put in the work. Um That was a mental shift I had to take away from kind of beating myself, beating myself up because of where I've been in the past. I've had to look at photos of myself that I used to idolize and say, I want to get back to this picture and say, like, you were so unhealthy. You were overtrained. Your body fat percentage was way too low. Your hormones were all over the place. Like, you have to be honest with yourself that that image that you put up as this is your ideal was the reason you fell apart. Was the reason you got hurt. It was the reason you could not compete at the level you wanted to because you tried so hard to look like a superhero uh, back when superhero movies were kind of
1: becoming popular. Everyone still wants to look like a superhero. Come uh, on. <laughs>
0: they didn't call me. I didn't get to work with Chris Evans. I'm still a little upset about it, but I'll I'm get sorry. over it.
1: <laughs> no, that, I mean, that's such a it's so interesting. Like it, it is a process, even if you are working through those things, like it's not just a, like, okay, we're good. So two things I was going to say is the one, my shift has been, you know, I don't struggle as much now with like, oh, I don't look like a runner, you know, jumping into the powerlifting world. The, when you're endurance trained, muscle mass looks a lot different than when you are strength trained. Um, And I had to shift and like going into detail about this. i I'm open enough and comfortable enough. It's not weird. And hopefully it doesn't cross come across as sounding weird. But I went from, you know, I wore like this certain size and these clothes fit a certain way to getting into a year of powerlifting and realizing like, there's a lot more muscle mass now. And my clothes fit weird. I had to, you know, I have to buy larger sizes. And so that like, that like, for lack of a better word, mindfuck of like, Oh, we're buying larger sizes was really hard to grasp at first. And it was really hard for me to kind of show up and like feel good in my skin when I'm like, well, this doesn't fit like my body and feel like my body, but okay, let's like, let's shift this and look at how much strength I've gained. Um, To quantify this a little bit, uh, I did a DEXA scan, you know, like the kind of gold standard of body composition testing when I first started powerlifting. Um, And then I did one in the fall so roughly a year apart, right, of first starting powerlifting, a year into powerlifting with, you know, a little bit of running intermix, like I did a 25k in the fall as well, Um, and I gained 13 pounds of muscle mass, so there, so for me, mentally, the piece of like, okay, yeah, clothes fit different, but how much more like lean mass are you carrying around my body fat percentage has not changed at all that hasn't um and I'm eating probably 800 to a thousand calories more yeah yeah. (laughs) but like that that's that piece of like to get to for me to be able to get that data was reassuring in a way that was like okay like you you being me I am showing up and I'm powerlifting because I enjoy it and it's not so much about the numbers but to know like hey I am doing things that feel good and yeah okay like the the feeling in the mirror and trying to get comfortable with that was a process is a process god I mean that's I'm like okay stretchy pants are my best friend <laughs> and we work through that so um just interesting you know shift talking about looking like runner to like looking like a powerlifter and like lifting like a powerlifter and be like all right how does that that shift things um And I think the other piece that I wanted to say, too, um, you're talking about just body dysmorphia. The other thing that I have found a lot of right word, let's not say solace or comfort, but more just a piece of like reminding myself um, when things get kind of wound up in that those negative spirals of looking in the mirror and reflect like comparing yourself to previously or where you want to be or those kinds of things um, is a phrase you are safe here. Like you're safe in your own body. Um, you're safe where you are. And it it helps to kind of ground in that space. And I don't want to sound woo-woo or anything like that, but that's just been a really big thing for me in this powerlifting space in the last year and a half of like, you're safe here. You might feel different. You might look different. Things might fit different, but you're safe here in your own body, even as things change because things aren't meant to stay the same. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Okay. Awesome.
1: Was that a ramble? That was no, a ramble. no, no. It's
0: perfect. <laughs> like I, I really mean it. I want you to just kind of go and I, I, I always want this to feel like if you and I were just sitting down having a cup of coffee or something, because I, I just want to have good conversations with people who are passionate and c- who can share their story or their journey or wherever they're at in their life with others who may be sitting here going, you know, I don't look like a runner but i enjoy going out and running or i i don't look good when i'm lifting or they're trying to get into deadlifting they're trying to get into powerlifting but they're embarrassed because they're lifting next to a dude sumo who's doing 600 plus at the gym that's great for him you're not there this isn't about him focus on you like be excited that you're you're at a plate be excited that you're doing more than a plate today you know get Get into the moment of what it's doing for you, and enjoy that process of what did you learn today? What did you learn about yourself? And i that's the whole point of this podcast is just to be that voice in their head of, don't worry about the other guy. Work on you. Don't worry about the other guy. yeah
1: it's like, I mean that's it's also acknowledging like, hey, it's okay. yeah. but also, like you're comparing your page five to their page 700 exactly and how many sets and reps and years go into that training so that's something that for me especially like yeah in the powerlifting space when you're first learning like keep doing it keep showing up because that consistency is where the progress comes from so if your goal is you want to sometimes someday pick up 600 pounds off the floor go for it like it's it's showing up and it's knowing like it, it, you can take that comparison and let it be a healthy motivator. Like look how much time and energy and consistency they spent working on that to get where they are. I could do the same thing.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So then I'll ask this. Sure. I have never run before in my life and I'm coming to you as someone who has never run before. And I want you to be my coach. I want you to guide me. Tell me a little bit about that process. What, what does that look like to work with you, speak with you? How do I get started as someone who's stepping into the Everwild uh, ecosystem?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think the biggest thing, if you've never run before, um, I, this, is, this is on the, the 2022 docket. Uh, I am creating a beginner running course. Um, because uh, oftentimes what I find is if someone has never run before and they hire a coach, the expectations of of the runner on the coach is that because they are spending money with a coach that they're going, they're, they're going to be a successful runner, that their coach is going to make them run, is going to lace their shoes for them, is going to provide that motivation. Um, and it's just really hard on, on that, like, coach-client relationship, um, to have those expectations. And I try to do a good job of setting expectations up front. Um, but just because you're hiring a coach doesn't guarantee success. And so I really, uh, tend to work with more people who have been running for a while or have at least given it their all. And I can't, you know, I'm not going to say like, Oh, for at least six months or at least a year, but have tried to show up for themselves consistently, consistently. And then come when they're like, Hey, Jess, I'm not making progress. I really want to crush this half marathon and I tried running one and it was, you know, this amount of time or I didn't cross the finish line or I got injured or whatever they they're hitting these roadblocks and they need that help. That's more what I'm there for. When when you first start out, I mean that's that's when I say, "Hey, you need to prove to yourself that this is something worth doing and that you can take it on." on your own um so I have like a running guide that people have used to start running and then I also like that said there's a course in the works for for beginner runners um just because then that way there's some self-efficacy there first so yeah but do you I mean Along the lines of that question, are you wanting to hear kind of what it looks like to start working with Everwild in general? If yeah. someone's saying running for a while, okay. I know I kind of like
0: no, you're fine. Redirected
1: the answer to that you're question. Totally fine. <laughs> yeah. So again, like I said, I, I tend to work with people who have kind of some kind of running roadblock. Um, whether we end up finding that it's like speed related, endurance related, nutrition related recovery related. We kind of investigate that. Um, but it really, it starts with a conversation. It starts with let's chat on the phone. Let's chat on zoom. Let's talk about your goals. Let's talk about how, what you've tried to get there and how I can help. Um, I I start that process with just no expectations. It's more like someone's expressed interest. And a lot of times there is some trepidation to that process of like, Oh my God, I'm going to talk to a coach. And I, am I, am I worthy of this? Am I ready for this? Is this something that I think I can do, or they can expect a lot of me. And it's just a really great way for me to say, Hey, I'm human too. Let's chat. Um, from beyond that, once we chat, if it's something that, that ends up being a good fit, um, I have a community with all my clients in it with a bunch of resources um, for like different types of running and like lifting pieces and all of that and like uh, fueling resources and, and those kinds of things. And then we set up everything in a training app, um, set up all that communication and go, kind of go through that process to work with them towards their goals. There's constant, nearly constant communication. Um, and then I, I try to provide enough education along with that training so that clients are prepared for the why as well as the what so when they go into it they know like okay on Mondays this is like Mondays and Wednesdays are my easy runs and I run easy because X y and Z I have this speed workout because I have a half marathon in two months and this is our focus is on building this energy system um, so they go into it with that preparedness um, yeah does that does that answer? what you were I think okay. so. Yeah. So kind of a couple of things that are on the, the horizon for Everwild. Um, I have one-on-one coaching and I'm continually building the resource part of that and the community piece of it. I um, have a number of guest speakers lined up kind of what I said, the hope for growing Everwild is having more, mentors and knowledge in one place and so I have like a trail running expert coming on I have a dietitian coming on talking about just like nutrition for endurance athletes I have a PT who's actually going to do like a four-part series on injury prevention Um, so just kind of trying to provide more about like say value but I just mean like more pieces so my clients feel taken care of and so that one-on-one piece is really something that I'm focusing on just taking care of my people Um, The other piece, I'm building out a course, which I feel like online courses are all the rage right now. And so I'm trying not to feed into that space of providing useless information and charging an exorbitant fee for it. Um, I'm creating a course. The the working title right now is Strong Runner Method. um, And it is a course geared towards a lot of what I do with my one-on-one clients. And that is overcoming running roadblocks. So there are sections built out for you know, is your roadblock from running here are running structures. Here's the how and the why of those runs and how to implement them so that you're not going out and running every single run at like 80% and wondering why you're not making progress. Yeah. Um, there's, there is a whole section on nutrition, um, same kind of thing, right. Applying that, like, how does that apply to you? Nutrition in my long runs, nutrition for pre-workout, post-workout, those kinds of things and how that plays a part in maybe creating that roadblock for you. Maybe you're not eating enough. Know that kind of thing. Um, looking at mindset as a big piece of it, as well as like recovery and lifestyle, and fitting in your training into your life, so that you know Friday doesn't roll around and you're like, "Well, shit, I have four workouts and three runs to get in, and in the next two and a half days." I've never Look, done my- that. Ever?
0: No, no. no not once. Nope. No. no, not right there, right now. It's fine. <laughs>
1: Exactly. Um, So yeah, I mean, that's kind of exact, that's the the big like, like, okay, there are so many pieces into that road, what those roadblocks could be. So that's what that whole course is, is like for someone to work through it and self-identify through each of these like modules on what's holding me back, how can I work through it? Here, here's an, an immense number of tools for your toolbox, work through, take what you need and apply. So yeah. That's that's kind of what's on the horizon. It's been there's there's a number of things that I have ideas for, and I'm trying to remind myself that I am one human, (laughs) and um, and go from there. Yeah.
0: Well, the next part of this is more self indulgent for me. I have built out my own home gym, and it is fascinating to see what other people have done with theirs. I know you've put some money and time into investing in your own home gym. Or home workout space. Tell me a little bit about what you have, and uh, maybe about what your plans are for future investing. I- I'm-, I'm choosing my words carefully. <laughs> it's- we're not throwing away money; it's very much an investment.
1: It has been a work in progress, and I have like grandiose ideas for what mm-hmm. I want it to become. Sure, um, yeah. We you know, we moved into this house almost a year ago, and I got like a third of our garage, and I was like, "This is great! This is great!" And then I started putting everything together and adding things in. And I was like, I need more room. So I eventually will have half of the garage. Um, It's a work in progress. But right now um, I have a rogue folding rack. Um, I have a 15 kilo and 20 kilo barbell. Um, I have almost not enough plates at this point. (laughs) um but they're all just kind of your classic rogue bumper plates which i have learned in the powerlifting world that powerlifters do not like rubber like bumper plates that it's all about the metal so you know maybe someday i'll be like a real powerlifter and wait all when you
0: plates. when you go calibrated uh that's when you're serious so yeah. let me know when you I'm, just, I'm just i'm
1: just an amateur
0: yeah i haven't it's gone down i'm not there yet no I'm
1: okay. <laughs> yeah, i yeah i learned that recently and i'm like okay well we're fine so yeah plates um i have dumbbells i actually just ordered a dumbbell rack for me because they they're sitting on my floor and a nice neat line like things are organized but it takes way too much space um yeah that and a bench plyo box some bands yeah a slam ball for when i'm having a shitty day and i just want to like do some yeah, that's signs. good. Yeah.
0: yeah. Better than dropping a bunch of weight on open concrete. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah.
1: Well, and that's the other thing, too, is like, I don't think I'll ever go metal plates mm-hmm. in my garage. Like, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, and then I use, like, my flooring is for stall mats. So, it's yeah. been the easiest thing to integrate. Yeah. Oh, I did just get a pulley system.
0: Good. I found
1: okay. a really, like, well-rated pulley system online. Um, I've yet to install it. But I got it this week. Um and so I'm stoked for that to just add some more variety. So it's been pretty pretty basic up till this point.
0: So what are you looking to add? What what's next on your list?
1: It depends on how much real estate in the garage I can take over. All of it. Oh I, I know, right. Yeah, you
0: you kicked out the uh the husband's car or whatever you're keeping in the other half of the garage. Yeah, right it's now it yours. is a
1: rooftop tent taking up way too much room. Okay. okay. It's winter. Um, it's not on the car. Yeah, oh, sure. So, yeah, okay.
0: It's cold there. You
1: know, I don't know that I have a good answer to that question. I've tried to keep myself conservative on the like buying end of of uh, the garage gym. Oh, I guess I have a treadmill too. That's not strength related, but that is out there for the runner in me. Um, I would. This is non essential, but I would really love to have like a GHD like glute ham developer. Because there is one at the powerlifting gym that my meet is at next month. And it's really fun. <laughs> so, but beyond that, I mean, I don't I don't have any needs necessarily. I'd like, I will expand my dumbbell collection now that I have a rack that should be here soon. Um, that'll be nice because there's some limitations as I'm doing accessory work. And I'm like, this is not fully loaded. So, yeah. okay.
0: Well, if, uh, if you're... Situation allows it and it won't take up as much room. Uh, you rogue does have a kind of a makeshift GHD where you attach it to a plyo box and then it yeah, has, a, yes, okay, cool. yeah. So th- that is an option for you. Um, if space is limited, as it is for a lot of us, you try to make the most of it, not um, uh, upset the significant other <laughs> by taking over everything. I wanna give you a chance just to say whatever you need to promote yourself, uh, your socials on Insta or whatever you'd like to say or do, this is your moment. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself and where people can find you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So predominantly I am on Instagram as everwild.performance and then also my website is everwildperformance.com. But as far as saying anything about myself, I think just through the rambles, I said it all uh obsessed with running and simultaneous powerlifting, and just a huge focus on body image and accepting your strength as as inner versus like how you look every day so
0: and for those of you listening i really do think you should take some time and check her out She is incredible to follow and there's some really great advice. If you are looking for someone to help you with your running or your powerlifting, she is a good resource there as well. So I think you should take some time and check her out with her new website and everything, see what she can do for you. So again, thank you, Jess, for coming on and spending just some time with us to talk and ramble on about our lives and just the progress you've made. It's been awesome to see your face and have you on the show.
1: Thanks so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun.
0: If you made it this far, thank you for taking the time to spend some of your day with me. If you've enjoyed the show, a great way to show support is to simply click that subscribe button. You'll be notified every time a new episode comes out. But that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. I'm James, and this is Fit for Life.